Here's a clip from our Say Something chat with Amina Brown, author and spoken word artist, as she chats with us a little bit about self-messaging, broken records, and mercy. I just, the, the older I get, the more important my female friendships are to me. I wondered, who do you write to when you're sitting down and mm -hmm. writing spoken word or a, a book? Mm -hmm. Who are you writing to? Who's that person that you see? I think when I'm writing spoken word, I'm still thinking about that like coffee house room in Atlanta. I'm thinking about the rooms where I started when I first started performing. Mm. And those rooms are really diverse culturally, yeah. um, generationally. There's people there of all different faiths, all different mm -hmm. backgrounds. So if you can tell a story that really hits the people in that room, mm -hmm. you're hitting such a cross section yeah. of people. Right. So I typically am thinking like, is this poem gonna work in that room? Right. That's what I'm thinking about then. And then the stories I tell, I'm almost thinking, I, I, I feel like I'm thinking a lot about people who would be, consider themselves like on the fringes of something. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think about women who feel like they're not the typical woman in whatever their cultural background is. Mm -hmm. That maybe they're not crafty enough right or they don't love pink enough so you or... hit the enoughs yes nailing yes. The yes like i'm thinking about the people that feel like they don't have a place where they fit and wanting to give voice to that yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's good which is really what what the broken record is about yeah because it's like that you are enough yes and yes. um let me tell you why because you might you might have forgotten or lost sight are been duped by some message that just isn't true right like all we have is to be ourselves right it's so you know? hard like, though. that's right Sorry. Do, do you give away the answer do, how to fix a broken record <laughs> i'm not i'm not finished with Hi. it yet but i mean <laughs> by the end are you giving away the secret i do give it away in the end and i think a part of it is that we in and of ourselves cannot Oh, okay. oh, amen. Which is a hard one, right? right. For, I mean, sort at least for personality like so me. Much freedom in that. Yes. Too. I mean, it's like yes. really don't have to. I think that's yeah. the burden is that I have to. Yes. Well, I have to admit, I've been yeah. thinking all day. Like, what is my broken record? What is mm. you know? Oh what is that's it? That's a great and, question. And how do I, you know, how do I process that? Yeah. What do I do with it? So I'm wondering. When did you figure out? So you give away the answer at the end, which yes. I love, which is the answer. It yes. is truth. Yes. And when did you figure it out for yourself, and what what led you there? I think a, a part of why I wanted the book to be in in the sections it was in is because I think sometimes our broken record is in an area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have like an overarching one, like you know, I'm not enough could be your broken record, which yeah. influences a lot of things. Yes. Right. But you know, in some of my like romantic relationships, it was I'm, I'm not lovable, mm. you know? And that was yeah. very particular to like a relational area. And then in my work, that's that, still that feeling of like, I'm not adequate. Yeah. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. wanting to explore, sometimes there's a certain area, there might be certain areas in my life where like I have less broken records there. But yeah. other areas where like the broken records are very loud and mm -hmm. being yeah. okay with processing, what is that? Why do I keep doing that? You yeah, because even realizing that there is a broken record, when yeah. it's so loud, I don't mm -hmm. think you understand it. It's like a humming in the background that, you don't, that you're so accustomed to. Mm -hmm. You don't even hear it. And it's such a great metaphor because when you think mm -hmm. back to the days mm -hmm. of records, oh, like I can still in my mind hear my record just skipping. Yes. Yes. And, and then like, yes. and then it just yes. catches and it's like, oh, come on. And, oh, yeah. and you want to just- It's annoying. You well, know? Mine is more like the collection. 
You know, I've got that mm -hmm. whole LP collection, the all the greatest hits. Yeah. You know, and so it's not mine is not a one album kind of thing. Yours is the two. If you open it up and <laughs> there's a book, yeah. come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. How long was the process in getting to this place? Because I would imagine years of the layers yeah. peeling away totally. for the the album for the yes, final. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like I knew that I I knew this book was coming maybe like two years ago, but I just could not get my hands on exactly what it was supposed to be about. Yeah. And um if if you've read the book, um there's a chapter in there that's a conversation I had with my dad. And mm. that conversation is actually what led me to the title how to fix a broken record really um, because we were sitting there having a very you know it's a very tough conversation and a lot of hard things that happened in the family and there was something about us talking that day and I think this moment comes for all of us you know with some of the family members that we've grown up with since we were children our parents our grandparents yeah. you know different people who are would be considered elders in the family where a point comes where like that relationship evens out now where now you're both <gasps> sorry you're both adults mm -hmm. you're seeing that person sometimes this happens with a mentor too where yeah. like you see that person now not on this pedestal you did when you were a child right you right. see them like you see yourself yeah. like you see your friends mm -hmm. and there were some things my dad and I talked about that day that I realized were some wounds I still had mm -hmm. in our relationship okay how did your dad deal with that like was that something did you speak about that with your dad or is it something that you just like recognized in the moment we talked about it a little bit but I think it ended up being more profound for me after the moment was over yeah so you could think yeah. about it it was almost like the the sound that really came to my mind was just very old school but when you used to watch film strips yes in school oh right? yeah i always wanted to be the kid that put oh it in you know God. what i mean yeah. did you yes. I, I never it was sort of like bingo i never won bingo and i never got to be the kid that did uh. that but yes, yes, I know film strips. And how like if you let it get too far to the yes. end, you hear that yeah. flapping oh, yes. at the mm -hmm. end. And there was something about that conversation with my dad that day that made me realize like, I've been thinking these things about myself based on like some how some things in the family went mm -hmm. that aren't true yeah. about me. And I was just hearing that messaging, that flapping almost, that's that so it was stopping. And that's what made me think how do you fix that thing that's broken? That's what led me yeah. in a way that film strip sort of made me transition into yeah. thinking about a record and what happens when it's broken and you can't play it right and it does mm -hmm. that skipping. Yeah. And like, just, how do you yeah. fix that in those things? So that was the moment that I knew that's what this book is supposed to be about. Love it. Then Love it. there was just going to be a lot of crying and eating brownies trying to actually write. Well, that's right. so nice. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. The exactly. stories. I yeah. just like literally had, I just kept a box of tissue right there by my laptop and just, you know, and wrote and cried. Tears and chocolate. It's a good oh, combo. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, that's a great book yes. title. Tears yeah, and I chocolate. Work on that. mm -hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> Okay, we have to get you yes. uh, saying something. Okay, some, I gotta think I mean, of something yeah, to say. It's like, this I'm, poem is a part of a, a He Said, She Said series that I've been wanting to do. Ooh, I like that. Um, where I've just been over the years taking these notes of like things that people say and like how can I do the things and write about it. So this is a She Said. Okay, so, um, so this poem came from a conversation that I had with a friend of mine. And uh, she does not consider herself to be a Christian, but she asked me, you know, how... How do I know if I'm hearing from God? Uh -huh. mm. 
And uh, it's, I don't know why, but two years later, that conversation came back to me in this poem. Oh. So I tried to answer uh, for her what I would say now, I yeah. guess. Um, I don't know if I did a good job that day and I still wrote this poem and I'm like, I don't know if I did a good job explaining. It's very hard to explain. Have you sent um, it to her? You know what? I haven't. Oh, please do. I should do it. Yes. That's true. Yeah. That's That'd be true. Because so I remember us emailing back and forth a little bit, but for some reason, I think very slow. And so I don't know why all these things like came to my mind later. So um, here's this poem. She said, how do you know when you were hearing from God? I don't know why being in the car with y'all reading this makes me feel like I'm going to be teary about it. <sighs> That's what they do to you when you come on here. <laughs> right? Okay. I know. But, I'm but almost teary. Like, it's like Barbara Walters. Basically, that's what they do. They bring you in this car and make you cry. Okay. <laughs> she said, how do you know when you're hearing from God? I didn't know how to explain. It is to explain the butter grit of cornbread to a mouth that just discovered it has a tongue. The sound of jazz to ears that only ever thought they'd be lobes of flesh, the sight of sunsets, to blinded eyes that in an instant can see to fail, at the ability to give words, to how the sin of baked bread can make the mind recall a memory, every detail of a house, a room, a kitchen, a conversation, like explaining to a newborn baby, this is what it feels like to be held, my words. Never felt so small, so useless, so incapable, I wanted to say. Put your hand in the middle of your chest, Feel the rhythm there. I wanted to say you will find the holy text in so many places, mm. on crinkly pages of scripture, in dusty hymnals, in the creases of a grandmother's smile, the way she clasps her hands, the way she prays familiar with reverence as if to dignitary and friend, the way she sings a simple song from her spirit and porches turn to cathedral. I learned from my great grandmother how to pray, how to talk to God, how to listen, watching her and the other silver-haired church mothers gather in her living room, worn wrinkled hands on top of leather Bibles well-traveled. They prayed living room prayers because you don't have to be inside the four walls of a church to cry out to the God who made you because no matter where you sing or scream or whisper, God's ears can hear you. And despite what the law say, or what our human flaws say. God's ears don't play favorites. God's ears don't assess bank accounts or social status before they attune themselves to the story your tears or your fears are telling. God's ears are here for the babies, for the immigrant, for the refugee, for the depressed, for the lonely, for the dreamers, the widow, the orphan, the oppressed, and the helpless, those about to make a mess or caught in the middle of cleaning one up. Dirt don't scare God's ears. God is a gardener. God knows things can't grow without sun and rain and soil I want to tell her. To hear God, you have to be willing to experience what's holy in places that many people don't deem to be sacred. That sometimes God sits next to you on a bar stool, spilling truth to you like too many beers that God knows very well the dance we do when we love ourselves so little that just about anyone will do that God cares about the moments we find ourselves on the edge of a cliff, on the edge of sanity, on the edge of society, even when we have less than an inch left of the thread that's been holding us together, I want to tell her. God is always waiting, lingering after the doors close and the phone doesn't ring and we are finally alone. God is always saying, I love you. I am here. Don't go. Stay, please. I tried to explain how God is pleading with us to trust, to love, to listen, that God's voice is melody and bass lines and whisper and thunder and grace. Sometimes when I pray, I think of her, how the voice of God was lingering in her very question 
how so many of us, just like her, just like you, just like me, are still questioning, still doubting. I know I don't have all the answers. I know I never will. That sometimes the best thing we can do is put our hand in the middle of our chest, feel the rhythm there, turn down the noise in our minds and our lives and whisper, God, whatever you want to say, I'm here, I'm listening. Oh, amen. Oh. Amen is right. Amen. See why I love her so much, right? Cue the tears. Here they come. Thank you. Oh, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. What, so what much. else is there to say? I mean, a good word for anybody that is watching this, please just go and do the same thing and say a good word to the person walking next to you because they feel the exact same and we aren't alone we're in it together and i just i'm i'm just humbled that, that the lord opened this up to do this so yes. thank you and thank you and um gosh until next time yeah all right girls <laughs>